episode 62 of the Online Chicken School podcast. Today we're talking about a hen who watches TV and dogs who can't get along with chickens. It's time for the Online Chicken School podcast. Whether you've been keeping chickens for years or you're just fixing to get started, we'll help you get your schooling. And now, here's the chicken tenders, Don and Susie. Hello, I'm Don, the big chicken tender. And I'm Susie, the little chicken tender. If you're interested in backyard chickens, you're in the right place. Doesn't matter if you have a whole lot of chickens out in the country or just a few somewhere in the city. This is where we share our knowledge, experience, and opinions to help you get the most out of your backyard flock. Okay, so if we were dwarfs, I think we would both be sneezy. (laughs) Sneezy and maybe stuffy. Um, I don't know of any other dwarf names, but it has definitely been a really, really bad allergy season here in Florida. And for those of you that don't have allergies... Wow, you are really fortunate and lucky. Uh, it seems like ours over the last couple of years have been ramping up and it gets to the point where we can't even breathe. Yeah, we go spend time outside with the chickens and mowing the lawn and doing all that stuff. And by the time you get in, it's like you can't get through three or four words before you you have to quick take a breath. And mm-hmm. it's it's been difficult. It, uh, every year it seems to be getting worse and excuse they give on the news every year is, well, this is the worst allergy season on record. Well, they've been saying that for the last six years. Yeah. (laughs) Why is it the worst? Yeah. So I don't know where this ends, but uh, if you listen to the podcast regularly, we had this issue last year Mm -hmm. and we eventually ended up getting an air purifier that helped. And it seemed to help for about seven, eight months. And then everything just started drifting back in again. Well, it helps when you're inside the house around it. You know, it's the problem of going outside, getting around all the allergens, getting your body completely overwhelmed and then coming inside. It takes several hours to clear your head out again. And, you know, even if we were able to breathe and get through recording a podcast, our brain has been so foggy. You know, like when you can't rub two words together in your brain, I mean, it would be an embarrassing podcast. So we spared you all that and uh, just got to the place where we feel a little bit healthier. Well, one way you can tell that it's gotten really uh, difficult to sort of just function is that I've gone to an extreme remedy. Uh Uh-huh. I would say so. I have started the old allergy, what do they call them? Injections? Yeah. Allergy Allergy shots. shots. Mm Mm-hmm. You did that when you were a kid. Yeah, I did it when I was a teenager, and I seem to remember it helping. But, you know, this is a different set of allergies down here, and that was, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. <laughs> a couple decades, maybe? Hey. <laughs> so I started that three weeks ago, and, you know, getting punctured twice a week. Yeah, and boy, I'll tell you, when you start doing that, which I didn't realize, it actually makes your allergies worse. Well, the whole idea behind the injections is that they're going to take everything you're allergic to, mix it up in a serum, and then intentionally inject it into your body. While you're already having a reaction to the allergens outside. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, those days that I get the injections, it feels like super allergies. Mm -hmm. And that's twice a week. So, you know, by the time you have a day cooling off period, you spend about half the week feeling even more miserable than before you started. (laughs) Yeah. I guess other people may have it worse, but uh, this is what we're going through right now. Well, supposedly relief is in sight, but the struggle now is I'm trying to convince Susie to start the injections as well, but you have a few issues there. 
Yeah, that's going to be a tough road for you because first of all, you've got much better health insurance than I have. And I am, as we all know, how you say cheapo. And I don't like spending money on myself. And second, I am deathly afraid of needles. So I don't know how you're going to overcome both of those <laughs> objections. Well, neither you or I are big drinkers, but I hear alcohol overcomes a lot of inhibitions. Really? So I just need to get loaded before I get a shot and then drive to work? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll get you a cab. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is even more expensive. I'm sure your boss would appreciate that. <laughs> maybe I'd be nicer on the phones. I don't know. <laughs> I think we need to keep thinking about this one. All right, so we have a lot to cover, and uh, I think it's going to, again, take us several episodes to even just catch up to where we were. Mm -hmm. uh, so much has been going on around here. We just have a lot of stories to get to, and I don't want to spend <laughs> the entire episode just telling stories, so we'll have to break them up into a couple episodes. But one thing I want you to talk about, which I just think is funny as I'll get out, is that pickup truck situation. Oh, my gosh. Well, you're right. We do have a lot of stories. It's not like we've just been sitting around sneezing here. Uh, life has been going on and weird things have happened. Funny things have happened. And one of the funny things that I saw was I was driving home on the interstate. I was sitting there, not moving. And I looked to my side and there's this pickup truck pulling a U-Haul. And in the bed of the pickup truck is a chicken coop. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I can't remember where the license plate was from, maybe Texas or something like that. And I'm just looking at this chicken coop. I'm like, oh, it's a pretty cute chicken coop. Looks pretty well made and stuff. All of a sudden, a chicken pops its head out of the coop area. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? This person is driving with a chicken in the coop in the back of the pickup truck. I like it. It was so funny. So, of course, I safely pulled out my cell phone and took a picture and then posted it on our Facebook page. That just cracks me up because, you know, the last episode we were talking about Cassandra, who's a truck driver, and I came up with the idea that maybe she could come up with a chicken coop inside the cab of her truck. <laughs> and maybe this guy's a listener. Maybe he's like, hey, I could put a chicken coop in the back of my truck. You know, the chicken did not seem upset by it. Kind of seemed to enjoy it. A little bit of fresh air in there. Kind of airs out that stinky coop, maybe. Well, Texas to Florida is not a short drive. No, it's not. Did that chicken have any feathers left on it? Yeah, it seemed to be doing okay. But that's that's one of the things I like to do is even when we're not recording, I still like to try and post things to our Facebook page to let people know that we are still out here and uh, we are still alive and kicking. So if you miss us during the week and you want to see what's going on, a lot of times you can find that on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash online chicken school. Okay, another thing I want you to talk about is your new use for chickens. You've actually created a whole new function for them on our little tiny farm here. Well, yeah. I mean, I hate weeding the garden. It's one of the worst things ever. We actually hate gardening in general. Yes. I feel like I need to garden because I have this property and I do make an attempt at it every year, but gotta tell you, not the best part of my day. We love the idea of having a garden. Yes. But we hate every single aspect of actual gardening. <laughs> you say, well, some people, it's like they just love going out and picking the vegetables and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Don't even really care for that part. No. It's like, I just want a garden to be out there and I want to like drive by it and see everything growing and, you know, turning into nice veggies. And then all of a sudden they just show up in the kitchen. Maybe we just need to have like our own gardener come over. How old is Brooke now? Oh yeah. She's almost five. How old before she can be a reliable gardener? Maybe we need to find a renter and just like rent him half our house and he could take care of uh, doing our garden. 
Well, we found these dog kennels. What are they like? Four by eight or something? Four by six. Four by six. At this rescue that was closing up or something. And Don's like, oh, we should get those. Like, Why? What a dumb idea. We don't need more stuff for the dogs. He's like, well, you never know what use you could find for it. Well, first of all, your philosophy is completely flawed from the get-go because you always need more stuff. Well. This is America. Maybe free stuff. Like if we found it on the side of the road <laughs> on garbage day or something, I'm not against uh, pulling that stuff home, but. America was founded on the principle of more stuff. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, the best part was they had two of them. You know, they're like little chain link enclosures. They're just a four by six box with a little tiny door on it and surrounded by chain link. Mm -hmm. And it's just a little temporary place to put the dogs. And they had two of them. So not only did I have to convince you we needed one, I actually said, we need to get both of them. Yeah. They start out and they bring us over and we're looking at it and like, oh, how much is it? And I can't remember. I think they were like 30 bucks or something a piece, maybe at the most. And I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Da, da, da. And he goes, well, you know, I've got another one. I don't know what kind of shape it's in, but it's over here. And I'm like, listen, buddy, uh, slow it down with the sales pitch. I don't even know <laughs> if I want this one, okay? I was like, sold. I'll yeah. take both of them. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was standing there like, what just happened? We went from, I don't know if we need this one, to now we're bringing home two on a trailer. Yeah, Susie's standing there with her mouth open going, what happened? I'm like, I'm going home to get the trailer so I can fit both of them on there. Things were just happening too fast. My allergies were clouding my brain. That's the excuse <laughs> I'm giving. But I've got to tell you, they have come in super handy so far. I mean, we have found all kinds of uses for them and not just to keep the dogs in. Uh, one thing was, again, the raised beds we have have gotten a little full of weeds. And when I say full of weeds, it's like you cannot see any part of the dirt. It is like <laughs> three feet tall and covered in weeds. And the thought of going out there, I mean, I did go out there once and I'm like trying to shovel it up and I'm like, forget this. This is, this is for the birds, literally. So we stuck one of those kennels over the top of one side of the raised beds and it fit perfect. We hung a waterer on the inside of it and put a couple Delawares in there. They had a ball. I mean, they were scratching in there and eating all the bugs out, which is great. And then they tilled that dirt up. I've got a video of it on Facebook because I've got to post that kind of stuff. It's just so awesome. And I think we had them out there maybe all day and they cleaned up that side. I just, I couldn't believe it. I was so happy. And fertilized it. Yep. Fertilized it, got all the bugs out, weeded it, tilled it, and then did some dust bathing in there. Well, and that's not new information. We have always known that, you know, one of the great things about chickens is that if you have a garden that they'll... They'll do that for you. You know, they'll, mm -hmm. they'll, you know, scratch it all up and kind of turn over the top inch or two of soil and, and get all the weeds out and stuff like that. But the problem is if you have a raised bed sitting on a five and a half acre piece of property, how do you sort of keep the chickens in that part? Mm -hmm. And this thing worked perfectly. You know, we just set it on top. So they have nowhere to go. They have to stay in the raised bed itself. So they just focus all their energy right there. Yeah, it was great. Now, we did put the gold laces in there just the other day to see if they would do the same thing because after they tilled it, I was going to plant some cow peas and I had all these great ideas of putting a cover crop in. And those kind of went out the window because it's so hot here. I don't think anything will grow. So the weeds have started growing back a little bit. We put the gold lace Wyandots in there. Not as great a job. I think our Delawares are just workaholics. 
We need to maybe put both the cages on each side and put the Delawares in one and then the gold laces in the other so they can watch them. It'd be like a competition. Ooh, now you're talking. I like competition. Now, of course, if we hadn't bought these things and we wanted to accomplish the same thing, it would be pretty easy to just build a little box and surround it with some chicken wire to keep them in the same area. You don't need to necessarily go find one of these things. But mm -hmm. it was amazing that these things fit perfectly on top of our raised bed. Our raised bed is 4 by 12. Mm -hmm. And then there's a divider down the middle, so it makes two four by six sections, and this four by six kennel fits exactly perfectly right on top of it. Right. Now, like I said, we have used them for other things, and in future episodes, we'll get into the other creative ways we've been using them. Yeah, in the next episode, we have this crazy story to tell, and we can't even do it now because there's too many other little things to cover. But No, we can't even tease it. That's just all the tease you're going to get. Oh, yeah. All right, so I have a story to tell. I don't know how I'm going to get through this because this story just cracks me up. And there is no doubt that Gordo, our youngest dog, who is not even quite a year old, he'll be a year old in 10 days. Mm -hmm. And he's at least 100 pounds. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's just a big doof. <laughs> he's got a big head like a horse. <laughs> the thing about Gordo is... He doesn't look so bright. No. Like when you look at Max, he's got this sort of, you just look at his face and his eyes. He has this sort of devious looking energy to him. Kind of like a real intensity. Yeah, that's Very it. focused. Yeah. Sadie, you look in her face, she's just all sweetness. Yeah. You know, she's just all like, love. yeah. Gordo, he just looks like, what? <laughs> he's totally <laughs> lost. Doesn't know where he is. Like, what's going on? Where'd you come from? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> However, what he lacks in, I think, intelligence, he makes up for in sheer stubbornness. Oh, gosh. No kidding. So many, many months ago, I'm trying to remember when that was, but we uh, had a problem with Max suddenly escaping from the yard. And so we spent two days putting in one of those invisible fences all the way around the perimeter of the five and a half acres, mm -hmm. which nearly killed us. Yes, just about. And solve the problem with Max. You put that collar on him and he still to this day, I mean, that has to be what, six months ago? I don't even know. But to this day, he will not go within 20 feet of that fence. <laughs> he knows it's the fence. He stays away from the fence. He goes chasing after a squirrel and he's going like 100 miles an hour. But boy, you see him get within 20 feet of that fence and all of a sudden he takes a right turn. It's like, bing. Mm -hmm. Nope, I'm not going near that fence. Yeah, very smart, intelligent dog. So then we said, well, now that we got the fence and we might as well get a collar for Gordo. Right. Because who knows, you know, the only way you know when they decide they're maybe going to escape is they escape. And there are some wood posts that, you know, a hundred pound dog leaning against it yeah, wouldn't right. take nothing for him to knock that over. And then he'd be in the neighbor's yard and then there's all kinds of trouble. Right. So we got a collar for Gordo. He's had that collar on for probably four months. Mm -hmm. He's had it for a while. And... You know, you do the little training where you introduce it to him, and he definitely did not like the collar. Right. He stayed away from the fence. He got closer than Max did, but he yeah. definitely stayed away from the fence. And a little while ago, Susie starts noticing that he's running up and down the fence pretty much right along the side of it. I mean... Right. I mean, I'm standing there talking to the neighbor lady right up at the fence, and Gordo is squeezing between me and the fence. So yeah. he's like right running right on top of the wire. And I told her, I'm like... Either he is running and getting the shock the whole time and just doesn't care, or the fence is broken. Well, the fence has a dial on it that you can set the range and how far away from the fence they are before they get the shock. Mm -hmm. 
So I just slowly started turning that up a little bit. I'd like change it from three feet to four feet. And then he, you'd notice he's still up against the fence. So I change it to five feet. And then we notice he's still going right up to the fence. So I change it to six feet. I change it to seven feet. I think I maxed it out. I don't even know what the maximum is. I can't remember, but it was pretty high up there. And I finally gave up. I said, I don't even know what's going on. But right. Anyway, the other day, I'm sitting on the golf cart right along the fence talking to our neighbor. And I hear this beeping noise and very faint, but I hear this beep, 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 beep. I'm trying to figure out where it's coming from. And then I look over and Gordo is standing there staring at the neighbor, not too close to the fence, but pretty close. And it's his shock collar for the invisible fence. It keeps beeping to warn him you're too close. Mm-hmm. But then I noticed his back leg is like twitching, like he's trying to scratch at the air. Mm-hmm. And it's just going constantly. And I said to the neighbor, I said, I think he's getting a shock right now. <laughs> like consistent. Like he's just being shocked and he's just standing there taking it. And I'm looking at his chest and I can see his muscles quivering. And when, you know, you start to pay attention, it's like, He's getting a full-on electric shock right now, and he's just standing there like a doof going, uh. He's like getting defibrillated every two seconds and just kind of like, it's all right, I can take it. I'm like, Gordo, back up. <laughs> and I like grab him and pull him away from the fence so it stops. He just walks back up to it again. I'm like, what is wrong with this dog? I wonder if he enjoys it. Maybe there's like a little electricity high or something he's getting. I think it's just he's stubborn. Like, ain't nothing going to keep me from standing next to this fence. Oh, just keep taking it. Well, he is your dog. (laughs) (laughs) He is definitely a member of this family. Yes. All right. Now, here's a little part of the story that's embarrassing for me that I know you would never tell, but I'm going to just confess here. (laughs) You had told me about that. And I'm like, well, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I can't believe he's doing that. So again, the same neighbors were out the other day. We were on the golf cart. We swang by to bring them some eggs. So we're standing at the fence talking to her and Gordo jumps up on the golf cart and I hear the beeping. And I'm like, oh, he's like within two feet of the fence. He's getting the warning. And Don goes, no, he's getting shocked. Like, no, it's just beeping. He's getting warned. I don't know why I didn't believe you. (laughs) So in all my wisdom, I take my finger and I stick it between the two probes on his collar to go, see, there's no shock. Wow, was I surprised. I think I almost jumped off the golf cart. I mean, that that shock that was going into him was so strong and yet still standing there. I'm sorry, but that was one of the funniest things I've seen in like three months is you, because the funny thing is you did it just like 30 seconds ago. You, we were talking about stubbornness, and you pointed your finger at me. Yeah. And you talk about stubborn all the time. When the subject of stubborn comes up, you automatically point at me. And yet, you're the one who says, I don't think the collar is working. Yeah, <laughs> it's working just fine. No, it's not. Watch. Zap! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yes. Uh, I couldn't feel the tip of my finger for a little while. <laughs> you still can't dial your phone. That's right. Oh, my gosh. So, yes, he is... Getting electrocuted by choice. I mean, how do you stop that? Well, I I said, let's just take the collar off him because, you know, he's not trying to get away and, you know, that isn't happening now. So there's really no point. But I just don't understand Mm -hmm. the mentality of this dog just standing there going, "Eh, it's not so bad. Eh, It just tickles a little. (laughs) So I guess electric (sighs) fences don't work for every dog. (laughs) 
I'm going to stand where I want. No one's going to tell me I don't stand where I want to stand. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if this is related or not, but I noticed the other day I brought Gordo in the house. I was taking him from the front to the back and we took the shortcut through the house. And as we're going along, all the lights in the house kept blinking as he kept going from room to room. So you're saying that he's surging with electricity? He's got so much energy in his system, it's wreaking havoc with the lights. Yeah, you know, I was wondering why my watch reset the other day. I was standing <laughs> next to him and all of a sudden, like, the hand starts spinning backwards. I'm like, what's going on? Maybe that explains it. All the clocks in the house are now blinking 12. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta watch that boy. Okay, so lessons learned from that. Um... Well, if Gordo ever does decide to leave the property, I'm not sure anything can stop him because he can just walk right through the fence. Mm -hmm. He doesn't even have to find an opening. Right. And the electric collar is certainly not going to stop him. But I also learned the collar will stop Susie dead in her tracks. (laughs) (laughs) So if I ever want to leave, you just have to put the collar on me. Is that what you're saying? Well, that sounds a little demeaning, but I don't know. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. But (laughs) I I know that if you got a shock every time you went near the fence, you would not be going near the fence. I know that. All right, enough about Gordo. Poor guy, can't defend himself. And now, the news, news, news. Okay, you know what it's time for the chicken news? I like to bring stories that sort of, oh, highlight the entertaining nature of humanity. You mean make fun of people? Yeah. (laughs) That's not quite as highbrow sounding, but yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that. Uh Uh-huh. No (laughs) secret. You know, usually the information isn't useful. It's just, I think something's funny Mm -hmm. in the news. But here's a news story that actually is entertaining and I think has some useful information. Okay, can't wait to hear it. We've run into situations before where chickens have injured their feet, Mm -hmm. you know, or their legs, and you're trying to keep them off their feet so that it can heal. Right. It is not an easy proposition. No, it's definitely not. It's very, very difficult. No matter how much pain they're in, they like to move around. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying do this. This is a ridiculous example, but you almost feel like I need to get a plank of wood and some duct tape <laughs> and tape them to a board so they can't move. Yeah, we don't recommend that. Don't actually do that. But I'm saying you, you get to the place where it's like, is that what I'm going to have to do to get them to just stay off their feet? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like trying to get a kid not to scratch when they've got chicken pox. Okay, so this story comes from California, where a woman named Olivia and her fiancé tend to adopt chickens from the local animal sanctuary. Very nice people. Well, they adopted this one red hen whose name was Strawberry. Wow, nice name. Very cute. Well, Strawberry came to them with an injured hock joint. And apparently it was injured enough that, I mean, walking was just impossible. Not difficult, not painful looking, just impossible for her to walk around. Mm, That's too bad. But it didn't prevent her from trying. So they took Strawberry to the vet a few times, and the vet said, I don't know what to do. If you can't keep her off her feet, this is never going to heal. Maybe you should go to the University of California. They have a poultry extension office and see the vets there. So that's what Olivia did. She took Strawberry to UC Davis and said, what can we do with Strawberry here? And they said, well, that's the thing. She's got to stay off her feet. If she doesn't stay off her feet, she's never going to heal. And then, quite frankly, she's going to need physical therapy. Jeez. And we don't even know how to do that. They said if she were a duck, it would be really easy because you put her in water. You just leave her in water all the time and then she's off her leg. Mm -hmm. But you can't do that with chickens because they don't float on water. So we don't know what to do. Good luck. So Olivia took Strawberry home and she's racking her brain trying to figure out how am I going to keep this chicken off her feet? And then she found out that Strawberry 
is a lot like children. Oh no. If you have the TV on, she will turn into a total zombie and not go anywhere. You know, that is so true about children. Yep. I was just babysitting my niece and nephew last night, and I gotta tell you, they're exhausting. I mean, my nephew, Brody, he is just a little over a year old, and Brooke is coming up on five years old. And, I mean, they just run you ragged. So if I want five minutes just to sit down and not do anything, all you got to do is turn on the magic box, and whatever they are doing, <laughs> they will stop, turn around, and stare at the TV. And you're just like, oh, I mean, I know we don't have children, but I totally get now why someone will go here Put on a show for an hour. Mommy needs a break. <laughs> I never knew you could do that with chickens. That's so cool. Well, first thing you can do is you can always tell people who have children and don't. Now, we don't. But you can always tell real easy without asking. You just say, do you believe that parents should use TV to babysit their children? And if you don't have children, they go, no, I would never do that. Oh, that that's is terrible. Wrong. If you have kids, you go, yeah, all the time. <laughs> the TV <laughs> totally should never it. be off. <laughs> Why do you think there's TVs in cars? There's, they carry around little TVs. There's TVs in restaurants everywhere now. It's like no one gets it. Don't ever, don't ever turn off that little box. <laughs> Why do you think the iPad was invented? It's just a TV that has batteries. So if the power goes out, the TV's still on. That is so true. <laughs> I mean, Brooke is the smartest little girl. Yeah, she I is. mean, she's four and a half years old. I have never seen a smarter kid. She is so smart. And we need to be careful because... This little girl is so smart, she could really use it for evil. I mean, she outsmarts me. Now, that's not too hard during this allergy season like we talked about with my foggy brain. But you'll say something, and somehow, like, two hours later, she'll flip it back on you. Okay, I have to give you an example. Okay. Because this is way far afield. This has nothing to do with strawberry, but I have to tell this little story. Okay, Susie and I were on vacation a couple weeks ago. And it was a vacation. We went on a cruise. With the entire family. Mm -hmm. So we're all on a cruise together. So the morning we're getting ready to get off the ship. The cruise is all over. This waiter from Jamaica. We had this guy throughout the entire cruise. Nicest guy. Very funny. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of playing with Brooke a little bit. And he says, so uh, you know how you put your bags outside the room last night to get taken off the ship? He's like, uh-huh. Because... Well, you don't know this, but I took your bag and I'm going to take it home to Jamaica for my little girl. Yeah. And he's trying to be playful with her. And she's just staring at him with her eyes wide open. And she's like, uh-uh. He's like, yes, I'm going to take it for my little girl. Do you have anything in there she might like? And Brooke is just like staring at him and staring at him. You can and, see the wheels turning in her head. And she goes, you mean my Hello Kitty bag? He goes, yes, your Hello Kitty bag. And all of a sudden her eyes get really tight. And she says, I left my Hello Kitty bag at home. <laughs> <laughs> she like tripped him. She like law and ordered him right there. It was awesome. I'm like, that's my girl. Gave her a high five. Like, I was terrified. I'm like, that is impressive. But that girl in like three years, she's going to be running this whole family. Oh, she is. She's going to be doing Jedi mind tricks. Like, you said you're taking me to Disney World. And I'll be like, no, I didn't. She's like, yes, you did. Maybe I did. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think she's one we're going to have to worry about. Uh, she's going to be just fine when she grows up. But as smart as she is, here's the point. As smart as she is, she'd be a blah, 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 blah. She's a little Mensa candidate. You turn on the TV, boom. Oh, yeah. Zombie. 
everything goes out of her. You can just see all of a sudden she's just a zombie staring at the TV. And no matter what you say to her, she doesn't even know her own name. Brooke. 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 <laughs> Nothing. No. So apparently, at least Strawberry is exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, Strawberry doesn't like all TV. She's kind of particular about what she watches. Well, again, like children, I mean, Brooke doesn't want to watch one of my shows. No, we got to watch a-, a cartoon, an educational show, because if I turn on my show, she'll be like, no, I don't like that. So what do you think are Strawberry's favorite shows? The Walking Red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Claw and Order. Oh, my God. <laughs> no? Uh, uh. Shell's Kitchen. <laughs> All right. Let's move on with the story. This is getting a little silly. Well, apparently, Strawberry gets really bored with shows that are about people. Who she, wouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> which is about 98% of the shows that are on TV. Mm-hmm. If you put on a show that has people in it, she'll just get up and try and walk away. Oh. So that kind of defeats the purpose. Now, you might think, hey, find a show that has chickens in it because then she'd be interested, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you can't do anything that has chickens because then she keeps trying to join them in the TV. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And that is, like, bad. Yeah, again, defeating the purpose of keeping her still and off her feet. (laughs) And one funny thing they found out is that Strawberry really does not like shows that have anything to do with being underwater. Well, yeah, chickens don't tend to like water. Well, yeah, they say not only not like them, she like freaks out. Oh my gosh. So apparently a chicken's worst nightmare is like waking up underwater. (laughs) So in other words, like if you're looking for somebody to watch Shark Week with you, don't bring your chickens in. Good tip. Apparently. Okay. So what does Strawberry like to watch on TV? Hmm. National Geographic. Okay. I would not have guessed that. A lot of um, really freaky shows on there, like the cheetah and the uh, antelope. Apparently, she doesn't care about that. She just likes the nature. She just oh. likes the, the scenery, the seeing the wild. Yeah. Apparently, as long as you've got National Geographic on and as long as they're not underwater, she'll just sit there and stare at that TV all day long and not move. Wow. That is really ingenious. So, if you run into a similar situation where you have to keep your chicken on bed rest and they're not allowed to walk around... Just plop their little feathery tushes on the sofa in front of the TV and put on National Geographic. Now, you mentioned toward the beginning of this article that she had to do physical therapy. So tell us about that. Yeah, the second part actually may be more useful than the first part. Although I think it's pretty genius. I'm not bringing all the chickens in to watch TV with me. (laughs) Good idea. (laughs) It's good to know. (laughs) Because one thing I'm sure of is I don't want chickens sitting on my sofa all day long not moving (laughs) because... Uh, let's say that couch may never be useful again. That's right. All right. But the second part of this story involves her physical therapy. You know, they need her to start walking, but they need to do it in a way that she doesn't have all the weight on it. So to just kind of ease into it. So they took the idea about the ducks swimming in a pond and they said, well, let's take a little kiddie pool. We'll fill it up with water up to about her chest. Now she can walk around in the pool and although she doesn't float, Just like people, she does have some buoyancy. So the water takes a lot of the weight off of her leg so she can walk around the pool, but it's not her full weight. So it gives her an ability to sort of start working that leg and just ease back into it. Wow, that is a really cool idea. I got to say, though, I don't know if I'd have the patience for all that. That's that's a lot of work, a lot of time. (laughs) Well, apparently it works because... 
they've been doing this for a little while, letting her walk around the pool. And now she's starting to be able to take her first real steps without the use of the pool. So apparently it's really paying off. That is really cool. What a nice story. And we didn't make fun of anybody. Well, you asked for it. Here it is. One of our good listeners, Rachel, uh, reached out to us on Facebook and had a really good idea. I guess I had been complaining. I know it's hard to believe. What? (laughs) About baby chicks being on shavings and how annoying it is and how they kick them everywhere and how I just get so frustrated and that's the worst part of baby chicks. Right. Well, she said that there's a product called Cozy and Fresh, and I'm sure there's probably other ones, and it's pine pellets that you put in the bottom of the brooder. Now, you can also mix in a little bit of shavings if you want it for, you know, the comfort of their feet. But she says she just uses these pellets in the bottom of her brooder. They don't kick them out. They will kind of clump together when they get really wet. So you kind of almost like kitty litter, you just kind of scoop out the the clumps. It's a lot easier to keep it clean. It smells nice and it doesn't make a huge mess. It's like chicky litter. Yeah, Chicky Litter. I love it. We should come up with that new product. <laughs> Genius. Go see if ChickyLitter.com is available. <laughs> we don't need another website. <laughs> so, Rachel, thank you so much for that idea. That is fantastic. And I did find it at our local farm store the other day. Is it something that's only for baby chicks or could you use this in like your hen house too? You can pretty much use it in place of anywhere where there was shavings. You can use it in the nesting box. I'm not sure how soft it is for the egg, but you can use it in the coop. It has uses for even multiple animal breeds. I mean, you don't even just use it for chickens. So it's a really, really neat product. Now, one thing, it is not cheap. But if they're not going to be kicking half of it out of the brooder, I mean, I guess you could really say that it's probably about the same price. Well, you could say that, but is it true? (laughs) I don't know, but I'm saying (laughs) I don't care because the next time we do baby checks, um, we're getting our... You'll pay anything not to have shavings jammed into every square inch of the garage. That is right. I mean, what kind of cost can you put on that? Yeah, it's like, you know, you go get down a pair of shoes off the top shelf and you find like shavings and they're like, how did they get shavings up here? Yeah, it's like six feet up. Like, what happened? (laughs) Weird chickens. So, yeah, I think that kind of thing, if you're um, hatching out your own baby chicks or you get a lot of chicks, boy, that could really help with your sanity. So great, great idea, Rachel. Thanks so much for the input. Okay, well, I want to mention that uh, Julia wrote us a really nice review on iTunes. Yeah, isn't that nice? We've uh, been off for several weeks and yet we still got an iTunes review. It, it really pushed me forward and propelled me to push through my cloudy brain to sit down to record. So, Julia, this episode is for you. She said, I love listening to this podcast whenever I'm on the go. The information is very useful for anyone interested in keeping chickens. You know, it just occurred to me, that's the only time you feel like doing podcasts. I, I got to tell you. So the only time we do a podcast is when we get an iTunes review? Well, it's definitely a motivator. So I guess it's not my fault that we're not doing these episodes. Um, I'm not blaming it on the listeners, but come on. I mean, a couple more (laughs) iTunes reviews, maybe I'd be more motivated. (laughs) Does it have to be a good iTunes review? Or what if people start writing reviews and say, these guys are terrible. They never put out episodes. Oh, well, no, because then we'd never put out another one again. Oh, okay. Keep it positive, folks. (laughs) 
Well, Julia, thank you so much for that really nice review. That was very nice. Okay, before we get to our big listener question for the day, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping on Amazon this week, consider going to our website first at onlinechickenschool.com and clicking on the Amazon link over there. It's going to take you to the same Amazon site that you know and love, and you're going to pay the exact same price for the things you buy, but Amazon's going to give us a little bit of a commission. I tell you, this really helps us pay some of the podcasting bills. So if you like the show and you want to help us keep it up, just go to onlinechickenschool.com and click on the Amazon link to make all your Amazon purchases. Some of you are doing this on a regular basis, and we really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. There they go again. More shameless self-promotion. Okay, so I want to start off with a question that was submitted through our website from Angela in Colorado. Angela writes, I just bought my little homestead last summer and excited to get it going. This spring, I am building on a kid's playhouse to make my chicken coop and have been listening to your podcast and trying to get ready for the big purchasing and raising event in my life. So excited. My question is, my dogs have never been around chickens. I have two Pomeranians that for some reason have become bird dogs, and I have no idea how they do it, but they catch birds and kill them. So I'm scared they're going to go after my chickens someday. I have a three-acre agricultural property that I would like my chickens to be let out at times on. I also have a Black Lab American Bulldog as well that barks nonstop at rabbits and anything else that comes along. I first thought of getting a mean goose to try and scare them into being good dogs, but I really want to find a way to introduce them and get them to understand these are family members. Any ideas? Well, Angela, first off, thank you for the question. Mm -hmm. Congratulations on your little homestead. How exciting. I'm just picturing these little dogs leaping into the air, grabbing birds out of the sky. (laughs) They are quite talented. Sadie, not so much, but Max and Gordo will chase birds. Mm Mm-hmm. But they got no hope of catching them. No. If they're capable of flying. I mean, the bird is, you know, they'll wait till like the last second and then, nope, missed me. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes like the big white birds we have around here, they'll all be eating in the front yard and the dogs will go running and they'll just like fly, I don't know, 20 feet away and then land again and look at them <laughs> yeah, like, that's right. you come over here. I've never seen a dog that actually catches the birds before. That is really interesting. And I just, mm-hmm. I'm trying to... The whole Pomeranian thing gets me because I would think, now if you had a greyhound or something, yeah, maybe. But I'm trying to picture these little dogs with little legs being able to move that fast. Right. Maybe they're small enough that the birds don't take them seriously. Oh, you know, like the bird goes, I'm not even going to try flying away. You're not even going to, ah! <laughs> and that was his last words. <laughs> it's like, you know, you got me. All right, well, we got a bunch of thoughts on dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I... I always worry that we're turning into a dog podcast instead of a chicken podcast, but (laughs) dogs are really so much a big part of having chickens. Absolutely. You know, for us, we count on the dogs to keep the chickens safe when we're not around. And even when we are around, but just not paying attention. But besides us, you know, if you have space for chickens and you are considering chickens, odds are you probably like other pets as well. You like other animals. Right. And if you have the space for chickens and you... You know, a good amount of the time you probably have either cats or dogs also. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So a lot of chicken owners have dogs. So this is an issue that tends to come up a lot because a lot of times dogs and chickens do not mix well unless they're really well adapted to each other. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as predicting how they're going to be with chickens based on how they are with other birds, 
that is definitely a common sense thought. Right. That makes a lot of sense to think that way. But our experience has been that the dogs do not look at the chickens the same way they look at other birds. That's right. Yeah, that's very, very true. And maybe we should start out by telling everyone we are not dog trainers. Yeah, right. That's true. <laughs> this is based on our experience as chicken owners who also have dogs. Mm-hmm. Not as dog trainers. We are not the dog whisperer. Absolutely. So if your dogs eat the chickens or the chickens eat the dogs, don't come after us. That's right. This is our legal disclosure. <laughs> and you've got to remember that all dogs are individuals. Our dogs are going to react differently than the neighbor's dogs, than your dogs. So, you know, just like every chicken's an individual, every person's an individual, every dog is really an individual. Well, and we keep our dogs the same. We, we've raised them all the same way because we don't, we're, we're kind of creatures of habit. We do everything the same way all the time. Mm -hmm. But even our three dogs are different. Sadie and Max, we can leave alone with the chickens for an entire weekend and nothing will ever happen to those chickens. Absolutely. Gordo can be out and around the chickens as long as we're in the yard. That's right. If we go in the house for more than an hour, there might be a problem. Mm -hmm. There have been times that he's played with chickens before. Yes, and, quite roughly. <laughs> yeah, not, not in a uh, cuddly, cozy kind of way. Mm -mm. Yeah, there was that one time, and we didn't talk about it on the podcast because I was kind of traumatized from it. We had all the dogs out, and I think it was like the first time we'd ever come inside for any length of time leaving Gordo alone with the chickens. He'd never shown any signs of aggression with them. We were maybe inside maybe 15 minutes, and I went out the back door to get something, and Gordo had one of our barred rock hens in between his two paws. So he's kind of laying on his belly with him between his paws and he's licking the chicken. Yeah. Freaked me out. And drooling a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, this, this chicken <laughs> was covered. I mean, if the chicken shook, it would shake like a dog after a bath. It had so much drool on it. This chicken was almost soup. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you could see it in its eyes when I went and grabbed it. It's like... Oh, thank God. I was seeing, I was like, my, my life flashed before my eyes and I was seeing the tunnel. I mean, we were that close. So, I mean, again, our dogs, two of them, totally fine. One, not so much. And it could be that he's still not even a year old, but, you know, the thing is, he's shown that he has an interest in the chickens. Mm -hmm. And so, thankfully, he told us that. So now we know, don't leave him alone with the chickens. That's right. You know, at one end of the extreme, you've got dogs that, like Max and Sadie, they're so good with chickens, they just don't care about the chickens. They'll protect them, but they just don't care at all. They, the chickens can climb all over them, and they don't care. They won't even snap at them. Right. And then the other extreme, you've got dogs that, even in your presence on a leash, they will not stop going after the chickens. In other words, you could have them on a leash, and the chicken walks by, they're going to be pulling at your arm trying to get to that chicken. Mm -hmm. That would be the other extreme. Right. But most dogs are going to end up somewhere in the middle where once you help them understand that you value the chickens, the chickens belong here, they're not an intruder, they're part of the property, most dogs are going to be fine when you're around because they're not going to do anything with you standing there, but you probably shouldn't leave them alone to babysit the chickens when you're not there. That's right. Don't lock the dog in the coop with the chickens. Mm -hmm. Bad <laughs> recipe. You know, when we have our chicken classes here, I think that's the most common question we get is, how do I make sure that the dog I have now is going to like my chickens? And I, you know, we always kind of tell people, 
you just don't know. So there's certain things you can do to make sure you don't have that gruesome discovery one day. Um, you know, build your coop to where it's secure from outside predators like coyotes and foxes and whatever you have in your area. But also make sure it's built to be secure from your own dog just in case one day, you know, he decides he wants to play with them and wants to get in the coop. Yeah, for many people, you're just going to have to resign yourself to the fact that the dogs are there to sort of help keep the predators away, but the coop is there to keep the chickens protected from the dogs. Right, right. And and it know, spoils the dream because, you know, like you're saying, you know, you, you get the chickens and what you want to see is them all these little chickens running around this big, beautiful property you have. Mm -hmm. And all the dogs watching them and just everything at peace, everything at harmony and getting along in peace. But that's really not what you see all the time in nature. Yeah, that's a little bit of a fantasy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it'll happen. Like for us, we had that for a long time until Gordo came along. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now that Gordo's here, we can't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Does it mean the chickens don't go out? No, we definitely let the chickens out, but it's when we're working in the yard because then Gordo is focused on us instead of on the chickens. And there's other times where we will put him in the kennel, in the garage. Sure. You know, so that we're sure that, hey, if we're going to be in and out of the house, that there won't be any opportunity for him to take a quick snack. You know, we can be sure and, and know that they're going to be okay out there because he's locked up. So sometimes you just get to the place where there's really nothing you can do except look for the opportunities that it's okay to have the chickens out. Mm -hmm. And it's another good reason to make sure you always design your coop or go buy a coop that has so much space that the chickens could stay in there their entire lives and be just fine. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go by that 10 square feet per bird in the run and four square feet per bird in the coop, you know, technically the chickens don't ever have to come out. Right. Especially if you have a chicken tractor design or something that keeps moving to fresh grass, mm -hmm. they would never have to leave the coop. Okay, now as far as how to introduce the dogs to the chickens, you know, there's no magic bullet here. My thing is, start slow. Everything's slow, yeah. Start with the dogs on leashes and let the chickens run around and just see how they react naturally. You know, just kind of follow the dogs around. Maybe do one dog at a time. All three at once would be kind of <laughs> hard to maintain. But sort of introduce the dogs one at a time to the chickens and just see what their natural instincts are. Are they tugging on the leash to get at the chickens? And when you sort of let them get close... How are they acting? If they're salivating a lot, uh, maybe it's time to remove the dog, put the dog in a 10-minute timeout, and then try again. Well, one thing uh, I've learned about dogs is that your energy and the emotions you have play a big part in how your dog sees something. If you go out there with your dog on a leash and you are so freaked out that that oh, yeah. dog is going to grab that chicken, that dog is going to sense your fear and your anxiety and he's going to interpret that as these chickens are making my owner anxious they Very must be point. bad you have been watching the dog whisperer i do i really like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it really has helped me because i used to be that way you know since we found gordo every time we were out with the chickens then i'm like oh he's gonna eat the chickens and i had to remind myself that you know what i can cause some of these problems you know, by how I'm feeling around the dog. And especially another thing is if you've got that leash and you're holding it so tight and there's that tension in the leash, it kind of almost makes them, you know, it's like you're holding back a dog that wants to run at something. Yeah. And I don't know how to explain it, but just a loose leash and just a very relaxed emotion in your own self really helps make a big difference. Good points. 
So maybe take the dogs to the chickens and maybe be a good time to sort of check your attitude, make sure you have a positive energy going on Mm -hmm. and handle the chickens and, you know, show the dog that it's like, oh, no, see, I'm attached to these animals. You know, not just I'm walking around them and, you know, they're just another thing in the yard, but show the dog that you have an affection for the chickens. Right. Now, if you start out with baby chicks, which is something we always recommend, you know, most people will keep their chicks in the house or in the garage, and the dog doesn't ever see those until they get outside. We always think that introduce them as early as possible. You want them to see these little chickens, maybe not the first week, you know, but don't let the dog lick them, but let them see like, oh, this is a baby chick, and I've got it in my hand, and oh, sweet little baby, and you know, talk very softly and gently and calmly to the chicken while the dog's kind of sniffing it, checking it out. Um, when your chicks are a couple weeks old, they've gotten a little bigger, let them see it again. You know, so it sees it grow up and it doesn't see it as a threat. And it sees that you've had affection for this the whole time instead of just all of a sudden one day, boom, I've got these full grown chickens in the yard. What am I supposed to do with these? Now, one thing I do want to say is if you already have dogs, you're really not going to have this choice. But Uh, if you are getting dogs after you've already gotten chickens, so you have your chickens, you're looking for a dog, maybe the best idea would not be to get a dog with a huge prey drive. You know, research the breed that you're looking at. Now, with Gordo, I mean, he's got great Pyrenees, Anatolian Shepherd, both fantastic dogs around chickens, but he's also got some plot hound in him. So, you know, maybe not the best for being around chickens. But if you've got a purebred dog that's known for being a bird dog, just use your own common sense in in the breed that you choose for your your farm. Well, Angela, I hope that helps a little bit. Definitely stay in touch about this. I want to hear about these bird-snatching Pomeranians and how they end up doing with your chickens. (laughs) Yeah. Q-Talent. Claw and order. Oh, my God. (laughs) Shell's kitchen. This old hen house? No. House of Bards? Okay. Pretty Little Friars? No. Mad Hen? Two and a half hen? Okay, maybe that's enough. Is it something that's only for baby chicks, or could you use this in, like, your hen house, too? You know, you can use it in your hen house. Well, Julia, thank you so much for that really review. That was very, very nice of you. Wow, what is wrong with my brain? (laughs) Those words are just like, not there. They're not all there. I think you think they're there. Okay, so I want to start off with a question that was submitted through our website from Angela in Colorado. Whoa! (laughs) That was not me. (laughs) My wife, ladies and gentlemen. That's going to work great, man. Well, as always, thank you for listening. If you like the show, consider going to iTunes and giving us a really nice rating over there. Also, make sure you tell a friend and get them listening. And if you want to see the show notes for this episode, go to onlinechickenschool.com slash the number 62. Well, that's all for today. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Online Chicken School Podcast. Look for us on the web at onlinechickenschool.com.